Welcome back to another episode of Money Equals M Squared, brought to you by Lagos Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. My name is Mike Torello, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Lucas, and today we're going to go over how the stock market works. What we're going to do today is cover six topics to help explain how the stock market works and how it affects you. We're going to talk about what are exchanges, a listed company, and what are indexes, how prices are set, and how does inflation affect the market. And finally, we're going to go over why you should invest in the stock market. With that said, why don't we dive right in? Mike, why don't you get started today and start talking about what is a stock exchange? Yeah, I mean, a stock exchange is a, it's an open forum where people can buy and sell uh, public stocks. So that's mostly uh, it's done inside of the United States with the NYSE and the NASDAQ. Uh, those are the two largest in the U.S. Um, the one largest outside of the U.S. is the Shanghai Stock Index, and I believe it's a quarter of what the uh, New York Stock Exchange is or the NASDAQ is. So U.S. has the, the hold on the stock exchange, and what that allows a, a, you know, the companies to do is freely, in an open market, buy and sell. Yeah, so you know, a lot of people when they think of you know buying and selling stocks, you know, traditionally they think of Wall Street, you know, and when they're thinking of that, they think of you know the New York Stock Exchange, which is by far the largest stock exchange in the world, and all it really is is like you're saying is it's that marketplace where traders are buying and selling shares of companies to be able to you know do those purchases and really act on the, on those trades. <laughs> And with that, you know, you, you, you're, you're getting fair game and, and the best possible price that you would in, in, a, in the stock market. For instance, if you go to a, a flea market and everyone's selling very similar product, you know, depending on what that price is going for, it's not going to vary that much. There might be some product that goes up or down, but it gives you the best opportunity to purchase it at the best price and the best opportunity to sell it at the best price. And that's what we're looking for here in that stock exchange. Yeah, and you know, you know, back when, you know, stock exchanges were first, you know, founded in the, you know, 1800s, they were physical locations, you know, where you were buying and selling the stocks. And that was the only place you can buy and sell those shares. You know, now with technology, a lot of these exchanges have moved online and you're able to purchase, you know, purchase shares through the exchange through online brokerages and things like that. It's really you know, come up with, you know, changing times and stuff like that to make it easier. You know, the only, it's not the only place to physically buy stocks is at the exchange anymore, even though everything is getting processed through the exchange and everything like that. Absolutely. And it, just like everything else in this world, it's evolved, you know, it's changed into where we are today. And I'm sure in 10 or 15 or 20 years from now, it's going to change even more. So uh, Mike, let's jump to the next question. What are listed companies in the stock exchange? Yeah, so listed companies um, in a stock exchange are the companies that are available for purchase and to be able to sell those shares of stock. So when a company decides that they are going to be a publicly traded company, they need to pair their company with a stock exchange. And then that's the exchange that they are going to be listed on. Um, traditionally in the United States, that's either going to be the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ as the, the two largest ones. Um, and that's where their shares are going to be available for purchase and for sale. When they have their initial purchase, um, their initial offering or uh, IPO, um, when they first go public, that's when the general public can buy shares of the company for the first time. And then they have ownership of that share. Um, they're going to own a piece of the company. And then from that point on, all the buys and sells are no longer going back to the company. You know, when you sell a stock, you know, after the IPO, you're not selling those shares back to the initial company. You're selling them to another buyer 
that is looking to purchase those shares on the open market through the exchange itself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, there are companies that will buy back shares to help value their share price a little bit more. They might give those shares back to employees as incentives and things along those lines. So um, there, there are ways that companies will buy them back to try to shrink the amount of shares that are out there that can help that company become a little bit stronger. But after that initial purchase, it's a free fall. You know, you, you, you could buy and sell at the open market. And we've, you know, we've seen uh, stock prices share, soar you know, because news and things along those lines. You know, it doesn't help that company out when that stock price goes up. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of these employees will own a, a portion of some of those stocks. So obviously morale will go up. But in terms of that, it's going to help those public investors that are out there more than actually the company. Right. And and the biggest thing with the, the listed companies, those are the only companies that you can buy on an exchange as well. So in order for a company to have their shares available and have their shares offered to the public, they have to list themselves on an exchange. Otherwise, it's just a private company with the owners themselves taking advantage of the you know profits and loss. Um, so with that, you know, we talked about, you know, what a company is, a listed company and, you know, how, you know, what the exchanges are. Why don't you talk a little bit, Mike, about what exactly is a market index and why is that important to investors? Yeah, I mean, if, if you think about indexes, um, it's the one major things that every everyday investors look at to give a general information on how their portfolio or, or, or how their holdings are doing. So the two main indices that we'll track here in the United States are the S&P 500, which is quite simply the 500 largest companies in the United States. There's no rhyme or reason with it. It's not the best ones. It's not the fastest growing. It is just the largest 500 companies in the United States. Um, you know, that's a good indicator of how someone's portfolio is doing because a lot of these portfolios will have a good majority of S&P 500 uh, inside of that portfolio. Um, the next one is the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and that's just an aggregate of every single stock that's available listed in the United States. Okay, so it's so it's all those companies added up. That's what that industry average is. And again, this is a good way to track some of your portfolio and some of the gains. Um, you know, it's, it's an industry average, so it's going to have some middle-sized companies, some smaller-sized companies in there where the S&P 500 is more of a true number of what larger companies will look like. Great, so so when you're looking at the S&P 500, right, so you're talking about the 500 largest companies in the United States, and you're ta saying that's a good way to measure you know, market health or what's going on in the economy, why is that so important you know, for the everyday investor to look at? Well, I mean, you know, quite frankly, if you are staring at your portfolio every single night or every single day or every single morning, you're driving yourself crazy on it. A good way to just check where that market is, is to look in the newspaper or look on your iPhone or whatever phone that you have and just track how that index is done. In a lot of cases, it's going to align. If the market's up, your portfolio is probably up. If the market's down, you know, more than likely, you know, that that portion of your portfolio is probably going to be down as well. So it's a good indicator of you know what direction that portfolio is going in yeah and you know you mentioned the you know some of the larger well-known indexes right the s p 500 the dow jones industrial those are the ones that you see on the news that you see in the newspaper all the time but frankly there's indexes that are available for every type of market class or every type of asset class that is a so that way you can track any type of health in the market the s p 500 will give you a large scale 
breadth of the United States market because it's the 500 largest companies. But if you wanted to track, you know, small energy companies or small pharmaceuticals, you can find an index that'll measure that breadth of the market so you can see how that piece of the market is doing as a whole. And again, even to jump on that a little bit further, you know, if you wanted to go into a specified index or a specified arena, you can also purchase shares of an index and just get it tailored to that specific industry. And that will help you get a little bit more targeted rate of return of what you and your advisor might feel is a good opportunity moving forward. So um, Mike, this is a good time to take a little break. Let's head to our community spotlight. Great. Welcome to this week's community spotlight, the segment of our show where we focus in on the small businesses that are in our community. This week, we're focusing in on the Library Wine Bar and Bistro located at 60 North Main Street in Wallingford, Connecticut. They can be reached on the phone at 203-678-4656 or online at thelibrarywinebar.com. The library has combined the essence of historical downtown Wallingford with exquisite cuisine, along with a worldwide wine selection to bring you Wallingford's most unique dining experience. The Library Wine Bar and Bistro is Wallingford's original town library. Built in 1899, it was passionately and lovingly restored back to its classic architectural beauty in 2014. The Masella family invites you to come and dive into a new chapter of an old Wallingford landmark. Savor the comforts of traditional cuisine, wine, and spirits while nestled at a comfortable table near our cozy fire and let the story begin. Again, that's the Library Wine Bar and Bistro, located at 60 North Main Street in Wallingford, Connecticut. All right, so welcome back from our community spotlight. You know, in the first half of this episode, we were talking a little bit about the the basics of stock market exchanges and how they're created. You know, we went over, you know, what exactly is an exchange? What are the types of companies and what are companies exactly that are listed on the exchange? And then you know, what are indexes, which are really, you know, compositions of those companies to, to measure how the, the market themselves is doing. So why don't we dive right back in and, and talk a little bit about, you know, our next topic? Yeah, Mike, so why don't you take a, a couple minutes to explain how they set that price? Yeah, so, so when prices are set on an exchange, you know, first at the initial public offering with the IPO, that's where the price is set by the company themselves. So, for example, um, Apple, large, one of the largest companies in the United States, when they went public, they set their initial price based on the value of the company at the time. So that is the only time where there's actual mathematical formula based on the, you know, the assets and the profits and the revenue of the company that determines exactly what the price is worth. Because when that initial public offering, you're buying the shares to buy a fractional piece of ownership at the time. After that, everything is peer-to-peer, if you will. You know, you're buying and selling those shares to another investor. They're not being bought by the company themselves. So what really affects that is supply and demand. As companies become extremely popular to, to buy for a number of reasons, whether they're in an industry that's growing, they're showing some increased profits and revenue, that'll increase the demand for the company. And then the amount of supply that's available will set those prices as well. Just like anything else where you see prices go up based on supply and demand, stocks are no different. Yep. I mean, even more so, back in the day, there were a lot of larger companies out there that were paying dividends. And that could have been something that was very appealing to clients, is looking for you know a stock company that's paying back its shareholders. So more and more, I think we've seen a little bit more growth side of things. Companies looking for more generic growth. 
but dividends used to be a big part of what you're buying and purchasing a portfolio. Yeah, not to dive too deep into it, but you know, companies can do things to make their stocks more attractive. You know, like you mentioned, you know, whether they have a history of issuing dividends as well. Um, they can do you know stock splits and reverse stock splits to really control the amount of shares that are outstanding. And for certain investors, those are things that are just as important as the normal organic growth of the company and, and seeing their profits rise. Yep. So why don't we move on a little bit, Mike? Talk a little bit about you know inflation. You know, this has been a, a big year, the last year and a half with inflation. How does inflation affect the prices of stocks in the stock market? Oh, good. I mean, you know, inflation is something that will, well, actually it, it helps on, you know, it helps both ways. So when the, the cost of goods go up, a lot of these companies are charging more for their services or charging more for their products. And in turn, that helps them increase that profitability of the company. So in a case like that, a company could show better profits because they're able to charge a higher price. So as inflation goes up, the cost of goods go up and that company will make more money. Okay, but it works on the opposite side too. A lot of companies use some products and technology to help increase, you know, the, the you know their product line, you know, their supply, and that may take away from some of those profits. Okay, so it might cost more to produce that same type of product. And if inflation hasn't gone as high in that arena, then potentially they can lose off profits. So it works really both ways. It depends on what type of industry you're in and where that opportunity is. Yeah, so the biggest thing there is, you know, inflation can affect the price of your stock either positively or negatively, and you really can't tell exactly how it's going to do it, you know, it, without dive, really diving in and seeing what's driving the price and, and the actual company products and things like that. But um, overall, I think it's a, you know, it's something to always watch and something to really take advantage of where you can. Exactly. I mean, you got to, if you're, if you're timing it right and it's the right opportunity and you can see it coming, it can help on both ends of things. Um, let's jump into that last part, Mike. Why should someone invest in the stock market? So the biggest reason that a lot of people invest in the stock market is it's going to give you the best opportunity for long-term growth of your money in a relatively liquid way, right? Like obviously there's ways to invest in illiquid ways, things like real estate and collectibles. But the stock market, generally speaking, is very liquid where you have an opportunity to get your money back where you need it. Um, what people are trying to do in the stock market is they're trying to keep pace with or outpace inflation with the growth of their money. And the stock market is gonna give them the opportunity to do that. Because the reality is, is if you just put the money in your bank account and your bank account's not earning the same rate of inflation, which occurs every year, you're simply losing purchasing power, which is the same as losing money because your money is not available to buy the same amount of things that it could buy before. The stock market gives you that easy opportunity to be able to invest in the stock market, invest in large companies, small companies, or whatever you choose to give yourself the most opportunity to try and outpace inflation and really grow your money. Yeah, I mean, you think about the stock market, you know, it could potentially be scary with some of the ups and downs in the market, but you've got to think of the stock market as a long-term investment. You can't go in one day and out another day and think you're going to, you know, you know, end up on top. Can that happen? Yeah. But when you're investing for long-term and investing in the stock market, you want to have a longer-term window so you can ride out any ups and downs in the market. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of times people will say, well, you know, real estate, you know, it's, it's gone up more than it's gone down. It's, it's more steady. But Mike brought up a good point. The stock market, there's a listed exchange that you can buy and sell at any time. It's liquid. You know, you don't have to worry about that. 
With the housing market, it takes time to sell a house. There's no public exchange where you could sell it in a matter of a couple days or, 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 or hours. If you did, you're probably not gonna have an, a, a lot of people out there buying it in the matter of when you would list it. So the stock market is the easiest way to generate that revenue um, in, a, in a most cost efficient way to have it as a liquid investment. Yeah, and one, one of the biggest things Mike said is, you know, it can be scary to look at, uh, you know, the stocks on the stock exchange and trying to pick out what investments for, you know, your savings, for your retirement savings or this money that's very important to you. But that's where you need to, to lean on us and lean on our expertise and what we're able to help you do. You know, we've take a look at the markets on a, on a day-to-day basis. We help clients plan. We help them select investments that are going to match their goals and their risk tolerance. We don't want you to do it alone. We want you to really come to us and really help us take a look at what you have and pick out what's best for you. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're kind of help you rest at ease to, to, to invest in a long-term market. There's going to be times where you're nervous. That's where, you, you know, you, we provide that expertise you know, to, to make you feel a little bit better because obviously no one likes a lot of volatility on the way down in a market, but we kind of can help you see why it's important to stay invested for the long term. Great. So why don't we wrap up today's episode of Money Equals M Squared. Make sure to check us out online at LLTWM.com or check us out on Instagram at Team LLT. Thanks. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Satera Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, or attorney for details related to your specific risks, goals, and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management operates under Satera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. You should always obtain a prospectus when available prior to investing to know your risk, costs, and fees associated with the investment. The advice and strategies presented today are general in nature and should not be used in your planning until you consult with your attorney and CPA on your specific situation. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Asset allocation is an investment strategy that will not guarantee a profit or protect you from loss. Satera Investors is a marketing name of Satera Investment Services, securities and insurance offered through Satera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity, 127 Washington Avenue, second floor west, North Haven, Connecticut, 06473, phone number 203-239-4545. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fees based on assets or registered representatives who offer brokerage services and receive transaction-based compensation or both an investment advisor representative or registered representative who can offer both types of services.